What's up, everyone? I'm Nate Lewis from the Raised on Rhythm podcast. You can follow us on Spotify. This is Andy Remix Moreno of the Cap City Presents podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Cap City Presents. We have a special collaboration episode for y'all today. We'll be featuring artists from right here in Olympia and discussing a broad range of topics. So stay tuned. I'm here today with someone I have to tell, I have to start this off by telling the story of how I found out about you because I put out my last episode of Raised on Rhythm about a week ago. So I'm in, I'm on my Facebook feed. I'm in like social media mode. And one of your stories, I think it came up through my feed because I, you know, you'd friended me, I think on there about a week ago and it was with the Cap City Presents podcast. And I'm like, let me check this out. What's going on here? And, and I see that you had started Cap City Presents Right around the same time, I started Raised on Rhythm. I went to our Spotify as we were both like three episodes in, both right. distributed on Anchor. Shout out to Anchor. Shout out Anchor. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, you know, normally I don't geek out like that, but I, after I saw that, I think I just messaged you on Facebook and I was just like, dude, like we started this you know the same podcast at the same time and but you know for you for olympia and, and myself being up in seattle with raised on rhythm so for me i mean it was just it was really cool to see you putting together that platform for artists here in olympia and you know whatever it's like you know i'm just meeting you for the first time today Andy. right right <laughs> you know and it's, but it's like Man, you know, high five to you, dude. All right, air five. Yeah. Hashtag I'll COVID. It. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm Dale and you're Brennan and this is the movie Step Brothers. And we just became best friends. I'm so bad with movie references, oh, okay. man. You can ask my girlfriend and everybody I know, everybody in Blade Palace. It's like, oh, you know, don't you remember that movie? And, you know, I'm just like the one where it's like, no, I don't. And they're like, are you kidding me right now? And it's like, eh, you know. You know, I'm kind of the same, like, especially with Halloween coming up. Everybody is just like, oh, you've seen this Halloween movie or like Halloween 10. And I'm like, I haven't even seen the first one. I'm sorry. And I'm just not, I'm not a movie buff. Yeah. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I used to always just get restless in movies because I'd be wanting to like play music or go do something. I don't know. The idea of having to like sit still in place for like an hour, two or three is just, uh, you know, but, <laughs> but now that COVID is like, has shut down the cinemas. I was talking about, I was talking about this with my partner today. I kind of regret not going to more movies right. in movie yeah. theaters. You know, I was like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have, uh, maybe I should have loosened up a little bit there. I feel like a lot of people will say that about live music too. They're like, damn, I, I didn't realize that I missed it until it was gone. I should have gone to more shows. Oh and man. Yeah. Me being the promoter. I'm like, you're damn right. <laughs> so, <laughs> Serves you right. And, and, and that said, I mean, I, dude, I want to get into your background for, you know, for my listeners that have sure. probably never heard of you, have no idea who Andy is like what T tell him something good, man. All That's, right. Uh, yeah. My name is Andy Moreno. Uh, I'm a booking agent based in Olympia, Washington. Uh, I do booking at places like Westside Lanes, uh, The Pig Bar, The Voyeur, McCoy's. Uh, and then also I've branched out, you know, in the past two years. I used to just be a local promoter. So what I aim to do now is to book shows in, you know, Seattle, Bellingham, Centralia, um, Portland, Astoria, uh, Ellensburg, Spokane. I don't want to have to be at every show, you know, yeah. it's, it's very exhausting working alone, just booking for venues and such. But, um, yeah, my, my job is to help touring bands that come through the area. Basically I get, I get hit up by an email that says, Hey, we're a band on tour. We're looking for this date or this date. Can you, can you help us? locate a venue local bands to play with and all that yeah and and you go all over the place in terms of genres i mean you know so mm -hmm. it's it's you know it's rock it'll be you've done hip-hop i mean i started uh, out mainly doing hip-hop like only doing hip-hop and then after about you know three years four years i started actually taking what i was doing seriously and was branching out you know it started out with bands hitting me up 
and I, you know, wasn't really too into, you know, the punk scene or the metal scene. So I, you know, had to, I had to dive deep and, you know, step out of my comfort zone, which is, you know, if you're not, if you're not able to go out of your comfort zone, then I don't recommend you even trying something new. And that, and that was about (laughs) seven years ago that you started with all that. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was listening to one of your other episodes where it's just like, you know, this was going to be, you're like, this is going to be the year. Right. I'm, I'm, you know, putting all this work and, you know, make it happen. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's like, uh, March comes around and it's like the balloon just gets deflated so hard. Dude, March is so busy for me in particular, just because, um, what's that festival in Idaho tree fort festival. Okay. So, uh, you know, I got hit up by bell and by douse and I'm like, yes, these are like two bands that I really, really like their music. And I do, I'm going to help them with, you know, some tour stops and all that. And, you know, tree fort, you know, c- gets canceled. That's like when I knew I was in yeah. trouble. Well, that, that was, I knew people that were playing the South by Southwest showcases right, in March. Same. And at first we were, you know, Brennan was saying on one of my earlier episodes, we were kind of in denial a little bit, you know, cause there were people like, Oh, we're going to play the unofficial showcases instead right, yeah. since they're canceling the official ones. And then by the 15th of March, it was just like, you know, no way. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's no, all, stop, stop what you're doing. It's not, yeah. it's not worth our, your time happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, I mean, how, how were you affected after that by COVID? I mean, you basically, people are on different sides of the music business, but you were live shows. Yes. Like, that's <laughs> That was it, man. That's like, all I did. And the thing was, is like, I had over 50 shows booked out. And, um, yeah. the thing is, is I was, uh, I was given residency at the pig bar. So, you know, after seven years of like me doing this, it was finally at the point where the pig bar here in Olympia was like, Hey, we'll, we'll give you a check if you book bands for us and, you know, take care of our booking for us. And I was just like, sweet, finally a paid gig. And if I can do this at this venue and then maybe do it at, you know, two other venues, then maybe I could actually quit my day job. Cause I mean, my day job is just what funds me. That's just what pays my bills. And then this is what I do that, that makes me happy and yeah. like makes me feel yeah. like satisfied in, in the work I do. Yeah. And then of course, you know, all the shows that I had booked up through September, just gone, just all that work for nothing. Yeah. The yeah. first 12 day tour that I ever got to book for Rosie Plaza. And I was so proud of myself. I had it all booked in February. Yeah. So when March came around, I was like, cool, I've got a 12 day tour already booked. And you know, all we need is the flyer. That's it. And, and people that aren't, aren't in music themselves. I mean, the COVID, the way the shutdowns happen, couldn't have come at a worse time for live musicians because so many live musicians, they make their bread and butter in the summer, in the fall touring season. Mm-hmm. And the money you make then in some cases will pay your bills for the winter. Right. You know, and then the spring, and then it's like April, May rolls around and it's like, okay, you know, we're getting ready to, you know, everybody's broke, but don't worry. We'll be, you know, hitting the road in a week or two again. We got all our merch ready. And then this happens Boom. You know, all gone all gone yeah <laughs> yeah and man so it it was a thing and and you know for you i think you know after going into that what you've what i've watched you do here with the cap city presents podcast and stuff like that i really respect it because to me i mean it's it's you stepping up and trying to give a platform to all these bands you know touring bands i mean are all over the place but particularly local bands in olympia and being a local band these days that's like where you cut your teeth you know, mm-hmm. before you go out and tour. And so for all these bands that have just like lost their platform, they've lost their voice, you know, everything they had going on before that, it's been such a rough time. But I think that's something that you're trying to remedy a little bit with the Cap City Presents podcast. I know it's definitely something that I'm trying to do for bands with Raised on Rhythm is to give bands that platform where we can elevate them and kind of bring back music and give people a way to access this stuff. 
you know, where every, I mean, everybody, you know, radio is cool. And, and obviously KEXP does a lot with this in Seattle and, you know, other stations, I'm sure as well. But podcasting is a fun thing to me because it's like everybody has their phone in their pocket. Everybody has the Spotify app for the most part, or, you know, whatever app you use to access that stuff. So to be able to get music out there and in that way where you can connect with listeners, you know, and not have to pay certain social media sites or, you know, other kinds of promotion, which most local bands really, you know, truth be told, just don't have the money to do. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's something I think as podcasters, we can really help up people in that way so that's what i really respect about cap city presents what you're doing thank you yeah basically the the whole idea behind this is just to make sure our names are relevant at the end of the day because you know uh when shows do come back i want people to be able to look at my logo and say oh they're still they're still doing it and to be able to look at the bands that i was booking like uh pigtails or blue wisteria or uh, gmo uh, some popular bands here in the area winehouse what have you and that's what i want that's what i want to pick your brain about now it's just like man you know you're you're here in olympia and it's like tell me about olympia man the bands that are that are making you excited right now whether it's you know they might be doing live streams or if they're just putting out videos you know or other content like what what are the bands you've got your eye on right now uh table sugar and bad sleep are the first that come to mind like this is a very uh you know this is home of riot girl so you know femme punk yeah. is very huge yeah. around here so those are the first two that come yeah. to mind uh winehouse that i mentioned earlier uh they're not they're not punk uh they but what's super unique about winehouse is that they're all young cats yeah. and they're they're not just funk they're not just soul they're not just r&b they're not just uh jam uh they're they're all of it and they're so young and i yeah you can ask uh my buddy sage who's been doing a lot of the uh, recording for them yeah. he's we're we both have a lot of faith that they this band is going to do really big things because they're so young and they're they can only go up from here you get at winehouse i was listening to them today when you sent me the song and they almost kind of remind me of one of those bands that would have come out six or seven years ago and sort of gotten lumped into the pop punk category for some reason but they say sonically they have much more in common with like alternative rock mm-hmm. or you know other genres like that than they ever did with you know when people say pop punk you think like blink 182 and like they sound nothing like that right right know? very true <laughs> like, you know? yeah is, is panic at the disco pop punk that's yeah, i've always like, wondered this ever since i was a teenager i was like i don't think that is that's right but okay I'm but there were, ask there, about were, it. there were a wave of bands like between like 2010 and, and 2013 that kind of had like more of that droned out sound but i think mainly but just because like the members oftentimes were like younger people gen z folks and stuff like that people mm-hmm. would just see young people and just instantly think like oh must be pop punk you know? right. <laughs> like that, you know? for sure um but yeah when when i was listening to winehouse it reminded me a little bit of that and some some of the other bands that you're mentioning besides them too i think yeah let's see uh as far as like metal goes uh darkness stole the sky another sentiment um yeah uh of lioness okay uh the the great thing about olympia is like there's there are uh bands you know in centralia or aberdeen that they yeah. just call olympia home yeah because yeah. there's not really much i mean actually centralia does have a, a venue now but well, it's you know just the one it's not like they have like a huge scene well, by any I would, means i always feel like yeah that was like a, like nirvana was from aberdeen but a lot of their early shows were in olympia and and because people in the national music scene were just like you know they don't they don't know where aberdeen or olympia is on the right map, exactly you know? so it's just like oh seattle right okay that's close enough it's <laughs> funny you mentioned that dude because i, I have yeah. family in south dakota and i remember yeah. growing up and my mom would say oh we're from seattle and i always used to think like why why do you tell people we're from seattle i ne- we never went to seattle growing yeah. up like i honestly yeah. didn't regularly go to seattle until i was like you know i got a car and i learned why my parents never took us there is because the traffic sucks and i hate it i hate it so much but uh just going back to what you said like uh nobody's 
nobody seems to know where Aberdeen or Olympia are. Yeah. I, I remember telling people in South Dakota when I was there, you know, I'm from Olympia, Washington. And they'd say, oh, I've never even heard of it. And I'm like, it's the capital. And they go, no, it's not. It's Seattle. I'm like, and I, you know, you can't correct them. You just, yeah, you're right. My bad. I, I totally forgot. I'm from there, but I, uh, my bad. And you, you always, I, I loved the, the thing you did on the other episode where you're just like every band that tries to come through tour on Olympia just instantly tries to cover Nirvana Duh. for whatever reason. And you, I, I laughed out loud when you're just like, that is like the easiest way to chase half the people. Exactly. In <laughs> I've heard so much Nirvana in my life and it's not like there's anything wrong with Nirvana. Yeah, there's for like, sure. Just yeah. for the record, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that I've yeah. heard it since I can remember. Yeah. Yeah. But also, uh, if you are touring Olympia, please cover Olympia Washington by Rancid. Rancid. Yeah, yes. That was you got it. it. <laughs> please, <laughs> please. I have yet to hear a cover of it. Cause I've heard other bands say like, Oh, I thought we, we would, you know, cover it, but it would be too cliche. I'm like, no, 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 no. No. Yeah. <laughs> I have yet to hear it. And I was trying to explain that to the Blade Palace guys because they had never heard that song when I was telling oh, them about okay. it the other night. They were just like, well, I never, I mean, they were, they didn't really like grow up on like 90s, you know, kind of like punk rock, pop punk like that, you know? So it was mm-hmm. like, you know, I had to call and rancid pop punk. I feel a little bit sacrilegious, no, no, no. but that's, yeah. that's right. No, that's 100% right is the thing. Like Winehouse is not pop punk, but yeah, Rancid is. True. So uh, uh, going back yeah. to you saying that you were talking yeah. to, you were talking to the, the Blade Palace homies. Yeah. Uh, so are y'all practicing still? Yeah, we actually, um, we just put out, we've been putting out for the last couple of weeks, a series of not live streams, but I would call them live session videos. And we recorded these in the basement of the house that we share. Um, we live up, you know, just a little bit north of downtown Seattle, Wallingford area. Mm-hmm. And we all split a house there and we had our practice space in the basement. So when quarantine hit, it was kind of heaven on earth, honestly, for a little while. Cause we were just, you know, I'm, I'm living in a, in a house, you know, you know with my partner and, you know, our, our, bandmates and everything like that and, and there was a period from march april where we were just like hanging out cooking food all day you know mm-hmm. chilling and playing music and and we filmed these videos too and they're coming up i think we have two of them out the third one is coming out this week but these were live performances of all the songs from our 1919 ep in full which came out last november and this is like psychedelic garage rock kind of stuff mm-hmm. Um, our guitarist Robin Elliott, they're super into like Wand and the OCs, right. um, King Gizzard and, you know, bands along those lines. It's always been like a, a labor of love project for all of us. You know, I don't think any of us are looking to become like, you know, huge rock stars off this thing necessarily. <laughs> but, for sure. But it's like, I really love the way these dudes write songs and, and we've been a band together for about um, coming up on three years now. Okay. Roughly. Did yeah. y'all actually successfully do a show in the year 2020, like in front of a crowd? We actually, yeah, the last show we played would have been at Tim's Tavern. And Sweet. I want to say that that was February 20th. I might be off a few days on the date there. Um, and we actually had another show that was going to be the first show with our, our brand new bassist, Chris Wilkie, who had moved up here from Florida to join us. And that show, I think, was going to be for March 11th. And the mm-hmm. other two bands uh, canceled, like, literally the afternoon. I was literally loading up the gear into my car. <laughs> oh. And we got a text, like, yeah, the other bands are pulling out. And I, I was definitely, like, a little butthurt at the time. I'm not going to lie. But, of you course. know, look, looking back, it's just like, yeah, you know, what do you want? What are you going to do? <laughs> like, right. So that was the last. Yeah, Tim's Tavern for us. Uh, long answer. But, yeah, that would have been the last show that we played pre-COVID. And uh, for the record, for those that are listening on the Cap City Presents podcast, uh, Nate is a drummer in the band uh, Blade Palace. So I can only imagine yeah. like what it's like to load your gear and then just hear like, oh, it's canceled. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and having to break it down from like when it's set up, like in a practice space and stuff like that. It's and again, first world problems to the max. Yeah, for sure. But, for sure. Know, <laughs> it's still a little annoying. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, were there any shows that you were looking forward to, uh, like as far as like attending 
that were canceled? You know, uh, the funny thing is it was all, I was kind of, I was kind of on a lull from live shows after that. And I was mad at myself over that because there was this really great band called Valley V L L Y um, that mm-hmm. actually our, our guitarist Elliot's other band, Peyote Ugly, they were playing a show with them the next night after that Tim's Tavern show. And um, I think it was Fremont. I forget the venue. Um, but I didn't listen to Valley actually until a couple months later when I, um, right before I was about to interview the guitarist, Peter, which was episode three of my podcast, and I was listening to Valley. I'm like, this stuff is great. Like I loved it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, you know, when was the last time these guys play a show? And it was lit. They had literally played with peyote ugly the night after the Tim's tavern show. But because I was just so burned out, you know, I was going through a lull of wanting to go out at that point. I was like, right. kicking myself. I was like, damn it. You right. Know, like, <laughs> could have seen them live. You know, they're definitely their, their bass player. Sebastian is like pure energy on stage too. And, and stuff like that. So if that band, you know, performed anything like Sebastian, I'll put it that way. I'm just yeah. like, damn it. You know? <laughs> Shout out to Sebastian too. But yeah. <laughs> uh have you been a part of uh, any live streams i know that you you said that you and your and uh blade palace like shit sorry yeah uh, should i say should i say you and your boys can i say that yeah oh, okay all right i cool, just didn't dude. know if like you're good, bro. Okay. You're good boy <laughs> <laughs> they would laugh at <laughs> <laughs> so i know you and your boys have mentioned or that you mentioned that uh you and your boys have been doing you know live stream or not necessarily live stream shows yeah. but just like uh you know, videos for Facebook. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, you know, videos just in general, like, I th- and I think these were a long time due for us anyway, because it was good to just have these out there because the only other video was just, you know, like camera phone audio at a show and you right. know, we've all been there. Where it's like, eh, yeah, it's, doesn't really like capture the essence but with these ones we were able to like really like record the audio in full and like actually mix it up and we felt like okay these were like you know like a pretty good representation just of us as a band and you know and and we've been writing new songs too and stuff like that but i don't really i guess we don't really talk about that because it's like you know what good does that do for anybody (laughs) right right (laughs) it's like the music's not even out there yet but it's coming for sure awesome yeah um and then yeah so the the other live streams that we did um or actually we we did like one or two we tried to do a couple out of our basement but the technical difficulties associated with doing it live you know having to if you've ever done sound for a live stream it's basically like doing broadcast audio Mm -hmm. you know and i'll tell you what after like as long as i was doing audio like that was a challenge for me and after like going through all that over a couple weeks we tried to get it right i'm like i will never talk smack about anybody who lip syncs on television ever again okay because it was just like this is so much work because and i don't know if people realize like like when you're recording you're not really worried about headroom you're just trying to get like a good mix and then the headroom issue you can take care of in in mastering and stuff like that Mm -hmm. when you're on live you have to make sure the audio is at a good headroom level and then have a good mix on top of that. And you're having to sort this all out in the moment while while the band's playing. And I think it's a struggle for people that are used to doing live sound venues because as long as the volume in the venue sounds okay, you're like, okay, that's fine. You know, it sounds good to hear, you know, from here. Mm-hmm. And then you go back and you're actually listening to the mix that's coming out of a speaker or on live. And you're just like, this is so like bad unbalanced. And it's like, unless you really, 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 really know the band and their music super well and how it's supposed to sound, Mm -hmm. it's very difficult to get that right. A lot of live engineers can, you know, do like a line check five minutes before a live show, you know, and and that's fine when you're just playing at a venue. Mm -hmm. But if you're trying to approach the audio for a live stream like that, it is probably going to be a nightmare for sure for sure 
No, I had to learn that the hard way too because I, I threw yeah. a, a benefit show for uh, Justice for Yvonne McDonald, and yeah. you know, yeah. my original yeah. plan was to just you know have everybody use their own cell phones, and uh, thankfully sure. Sage and my partner Roxy were both like, "No, you have to do this right. Like we have to do professional." stuff you know for so we we set up a couple bands in our backyard we had monk flower and uh seaside trist play in my backyard that was really fun and uh my partner roxy uh works for tctv which is the uh the public access television yeah, station here yeah. in town and so yeah. she has access to you know fancy cameras and all that yeah and um I, w- I will say too like on the live stream front i also filled in recently on uh the live streams that peyote ugly did which again that's our um, Elliot, our guitarist in Blade Palace, that's his other band that he plays in with Brennan Mooring. And uh, Brennan Mooring, I interviewed on the first episode, that's Sea Life, um, Brennan's solo project. And yeah, do, I mean, doing the live streams were fun. And I, mm-hmm. I keep telling this to people is that if you're a real fan of music and you miss live shows like to death right now, go volunteer for a live stream. Amen. Go, go volunteer, you know, off and be like, hey, I'll carry cases. I'll like wrap up chaos or whatever you need me to do. You mm-hmm. know, if you just want to be there in the room with the band, you know, it's like make yourself useful and make it happen because that is definitely like one you know, as yeah. close as you could get to a show right now. That's you awesome. Know, That's actually a brilliant idea. It. Yeah. yeah, we don't we don't have that luxury here in, in Olympia. There's just yeah. not a, a, the, that big of a demand for it. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's like I said, it's just really tricky, too. I mean, I I say that, too, because I've volunteered for like shout out to Big Building in yeah, Seattle. Definitely. They've they've done their live streams. I actually volunteered for a bunch of theirs, um, too. You know, like I said, I was just there wrapping up cables, you know, whatever I could do. And it was funny when I played with peyote last week and I go in and, and Danny's like, Oh yeah. You know, are you here to move gear around? You know, and I was like, no dude, I'm playing tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <He's> like, How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> I am a professional drummer. It, it okay. Funny. Da- Danny, my bad dude. I don't mean to like, you know, call you out. Like, it was like, ah, you know, it was like, yeah, it was just, it was cool, man. But, but we had an amazing time. That was at the central and, and big building. I got to say like puts on, you know, out of all the, the live streams I've seen in Seattle with bands. I mean, big building, really, they really do their thing. I've been man. loving big building. Uh, I saw yeah. the mirror gloss, uh, breaks and swells. <laughs> uh, I love that. Uh, you know, I, I stream it to my TV. So every time I see uh, Hector and Mary on there, I'm yeah. like, Oh my God, it's like I'm in the room with them again. <laughs> shout out Hector. Shout out Mary. Yeah. Shout out uh, Linda from work and Biblioteca. Oh, man. And and we played for with Linda from work, like on Thursday night. So, you know, Mary wasn't doing her hosting duties, obviously. Cause you know, she's playing in Linda from work. Right. And, right. And so I was like, Oh man, it's, it's hex solo man he has to hold it down dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though because I, I was watching the linda from work one and then i don't yeah. remember what exactly happened but uh, i was yeah. like listening to the, the phone when uh peyote ugly was playing so i i had no yeah. idea that it was you drumming up there oh yeah, yeah, no yeah i mean like uh, i don't know sometimes i mean i'm just gonna say like if if i do my job right you're not gonna know that it's me drumming because like especially <laughs> with peyote my job is to really hold down a groove you know mm-hmm. and just and be present and, and keep everybody like if I look out in the crowd and I don't see anybody dancing that means I'm fucking up I'm doing something wrong you know what I mean like that's my job as a drummer in that band really mm-hmm. you know so I always say sometimes you know the best drummers are the ones whose names you don't even remember because they're just they're just going to be holding it down you know and you don't notice them. <laughs> so I have to ask because I uh, yeah. you can hear like people applauding how many people are actually like allowed in the venue to watch um, we we do have to keep it limited for sure and especially mm-hmm. like with the with the central one I mean I, I can't speak for again uh, big building or their procedures but i i know for the central one it was a strict you know no guest policy it's just mm-hmm. you know bands only um tech only you know and, and even that you know try to keep to a minimum um central is a central is a big venue you right. know and they got a lot of room to work around so it wasn't like everybody was cramped into a small room but you know you gotta just do your best to keep it safe and i got covid tested before that i get covid tested before all my 
all my podcast episodes. I mean, I've probably been nose fucked like three or four times. Uh, now. Yeah, it's been <laughs> so, twice. Yeah. It's been twice for me, dude. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've kind of gotten used to it. I'm not gonna lie. Like, wow. you know, it's just like, yeah, you know, it's like, all right, gotta go do this again, man. But you know, do what I gotta do. You know, definitely, so. definitely. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, venues that are still continuing to do live shows with crowds? as in the state you know i can't really speak for i don't even know i'm not really up on the ones in washington state well i, I guess I, I meant yeah. like in the like the state of of the year uh <laughs> just in general <laughs> not no, I, not so much washington it's more or yeah, less uh, yeah, yeah. it's more or less portland yeah. i know of two yeah. i know of two venues that are still hosting live yeah. shows and i'm just yeah. like why are you doing this I, you know i not knowing the situation and or whatever's you know going on individually i, I don't know that i really want to speak to that but um you know I, I will say for myself even as a musician and as bad as i love playing music it's like you know i wouldn't put together a show right now you know i'm just being 100 mm-hmm. percent real as bad as i want to play and stuff right. like that it's like if i had to think in my mind you know based on what i've read you know from the guidelines and then the research that's come out and i'm like well let's see like what's the most super spreader event you could come up with it'd be hard pressed for me to find uh anything worse for that than like a live rock and roll show you know right when you have when you have multiple vocalists like spitting on a crowd and the crowd spitting and everybody you know a lot of people are in various states of uh let's just say intoxication exactly (laughs) and and in very close quarters and like i'm feeling your sweat you're feeling mine yeah it's it's fun and and you know we all miss it and everything like that but me just trying to be a responsible human being i'm just like you know i i can't you know it's it's not a appropriate time to to risk just that yet um i will risk that over a protest for human rights and mm-hmm. and human justices i think that's you know that's something where it's like okay you know we're going to risk it over that right um because they're you know as you are well aware i'm sure there are a lot of issues going on with that right now we got a lot of work to do with that um so there is, you know, again, you sort of do draw a line there, but it's like, as far as like rock and roll shows, I'm like, again, love them, but it's like, it's like, can, we've, that we've, can wait a little bit. We've yeah. got bigger fish to fry at this right moment now, in time. For sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I listened to your podcast uh, with uh, Rachel Field. Yeah. And uh, one yeah, question, one yeah. question that I really admire you asking, you know, you were asking like, what is it like to work, you know, as a non-male yeah. in a male dominated field, such yeah. as uh audio engineering and my partner Roxy is an audio engineer. And when you would ask that question, I immediately thought of this one time. I don't want to say the band, but um, there was a time where I was with her and she walks up to the, to this band member and says, hi, I'm the sound engineer. And he shakes her hand. He goes, Oh, pleasure to meet you. Oh. And he looks at me. He goes, Oh, are you the sound engineer? And I just thought you literally just were told that. Did you not? (laughs) So, um, Um, I guess, which leads to my question, like, um, outside of COVID, do you, do you think uh, there are going to be differences in the way that bookers will be putting together shows in that uh, they're going to try to be more diverse with bills? You know, you know, I really I really can't speak to that too much because, you know, just with my background, I mean, I only again, truth be told, it's like I, I just landed in Seattle two years ago. And, and uh-huh. for what I have done around the scene, I you know, I don't know that I'm well versed and on it enough to speak one way or the other about okay. that. Um, yeah, I certainly can't speak from the angle of a marginalized person. In that yeah, way, yeah, no, know? I feel like, it. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, me just, you know, and for those of you, I know we're on audio, so you know, cis white male. If you, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and but, uh, for um, the record, I'm cis, but uh, I'll also I yeah. am I am Latino. I'm yeah. quarter Mexican, and uh, yeah. yeah, I feel like that yeah. has been a problem. Like in when I first started doing this, yeah. uh, 
you know, it was like, oh, it's a bunch of all white males on the yeah. lineup. And I'm like, well, I'm I'm in Olympia. Do you not see the demographic that I'm yeah. like working with? And and that was a crazy experience for me just growing up in Miami, too, because in my, if I showed you a picture of like the first death metal band that I was in when I was 16, like I was the only white kid in that okay. band. And, and most of, I'm not saying that like to try and, you know, like brag or get points or something. I'm just, you right. know, in Miami, just being how the demographics were down there. Right. I can like, only imagine. I was usually the odd man out, you know, growing up, you know, for better. Not to say that again, not to say that white privilege didn't exist down there that i didn't get some perks from that no doubt but having lived there and again having lived in atlanta for a couple of years too in all these cities is like when i came up to the pacific northwest it was like whoa like it, it was a culture shock for me because all of a sudden i'm in a place where like i i guess you could say i am in i'm actually in the favored class up mm-hmm. here or like the the majority right you know however you, you know you want to look at that so i i had that took some getting used to on my front because i had to to be able to grow as a person and and understand that, okay, whatever experiences, like, you know, it was, it was a little bit, I'm not going to lie, it was a little bit weird to see, you know, like uh, promoters or people, you know, saying like, you know, uh, uh, BIPOC, you know, LGBTQA, uh, you know, artists preferred or something like that. And I'm like, well, was, isn't that like, you know, everybody like growing up in my yeah. you know? Was, <laughs> so I was weird, but then it's like I said, I had to I had to learn from that and understand with people in the scene that it's like, you, you know, it's not like that up here. It's, it's a very, you're in a different world up here. Um, mm-hmm. And and the problems faced by you know artists in, in a lot of those classes are very 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 real and there's something they have to live with, you know. So I can I'm in a position you know where it's like I can I can understand my privilege and enjoy it for whatever it's worth. But for I also sure. but I also have to be aware that you know there are other people that have to live with that disenfranchisement every day. Um, and I I think again the pro, you know for me it's like the problem in society isn't even so much certain people having privilege one way or that's more like when people that do have privilege use their privilege to hurt others that don't have privilege right, right. that's really to me it's like the biggest issue personally so uh you and every member from blade palace is from florida originally is that my yeah, understanding yeah we were all basically florida transplants um we grew up in different po- we actually grew up in all four corners of the state i oh, think too okay um our, our base is chris wilkie you know he grew up he was a pensacola kid um you know robin elliott kind of grew up around jacksonville you know they lived in other places too as kids but like you know again jacksonville and then me growing up in miami and we all ended up in Tallahassee at various times because of Florida State University, you know, okay. just up there in college town. And yeah, you know, we, we ended up there at various random times. We didn't meet in college, but just, you know, I met Robin an open mic night at the end of 2014. And we had um, I fell in love with his music. The way he wrote songs, I met him at an open mic night. He was playing there. And we started this band, Arkhipov, that was like a trio. And I actually brought Chris in on that because I had just met him about a year before. And and I knew Rob was about to move out to Seattle at the time too, you know, mm-hmm. but at the time I was just like, well, you know, fuck it. Let's just have fun while you're here, you know? And, and we did our thing. And then he came out here and like I say, it was, I was doing other things, but you know, the whole time I was, we kind of kept in contact. And finally, after a few years of going back and forth, it was just like, you know, man, I should just move out here. We need to do this, man. Yeah. So then I guess, uh, why Seattle of all places? And, uh, why do you, why do you all stay in Seattle? I, you know, I I think Rob and and Elliot each, um, without getting too much into their personal lives, I'll just you know say Elliot. I think his mom had moved out here many years ago, and so he he was kind of like the first, if you want to look at it that way. Yeah. And, then, and Rob kind of followed um, with you know with his now his fiance after that, and then me like about a year later, and then Chris. You know, we were trying to get him up here for the longest time, and then finally, like I say, Chris managed to get up here in February of 2020. And he had mm-hmm. two good 
weekends yeah. <laughs> before, you know, COVID like oh, just great. shut down all the, all the venues and, and stuff like that. So right. I, I think for me, I mean, I've always felt very much at home in, in Seattle in a lot of ways, you know, it's like, it's for me, it's like a very, um, compared to some of the other places I live, Seattle's a very chill place. There's a lot of educated people around there. It's just, you know, like I said, it feels like real laid back and, and for me, you know, like I said, I can't speak for everybody's experience on that necessarily. For sure, for sure. But, um, you know, so there's a lot I enjoy about it. Do y'all ever talk about moving to another city together? <sighs> or is that, no, have you found no, home? Not really. I, okay. f- I feel like, yeah, I've, I've found home. And, and whether that's totally by contentment or just by the exhaustion of moving. To for sure. No, I, I can only imagine. Like, I'm born and raised here, yeah. and I'm, like, fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> and and in, in a lot of ways, man, I, I always joke that it's, like, everywhere else in America. I'm, like, you know, the you know everybody thinks I'm, like, the weird goth kid because I usually dress in, like, black clothing or gray and stuff, you know. And it's, like... Everywhere else in America, I'm like the weird goth kid who makes a weird living with unconventional technology and stuff. And in Seattle, I'm like the most basic dude ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, you fit right in. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Uh, what's your favorite venue in Seattle? You know, the funny thing is I've done like four or five interviews on this now. I know for me, like I really love Belltown Yacht Club. Okay, um, I have to check that place out. It's only been around in the last couple of years. Um, you know, shout out to Chris who, who works over there, but... Um, it's a cool little spot in the basement of the screwdriver bar in mm-hmm. Belltown. It's just got this real, you know, down home kind of basement vibe. And I, I, I have to give honorable mentions, though, to to Sunset Tavern, um, you know, Clock Out Lounge has been really happening, even though I haven't had a chance to play there yet. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, other other than that, you know, man, Tractor Tavern. Get some shows at Substation, too. Oh, I love know, Substation. Barbosa. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like there are a lot of like little little venues like that that we've just been around to, you know, and um, hopefully they'll be back, you know, after all this, we got to see what happens. I but, sure as hell hope so. Yeah. Because uh, for me, the crocodile is my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Like if when I grow up, you know, I'm 31 years old, but when yeah, I grow yeah. up, that's the size of venue that I want to, that's, you know, take over. That's definitely like where we see, I think kind of where we see ourselves in blade palace. Like if we ever got to the point or something like that, where we could do it like a nice little show at, you know, a new Mo's or a crocodile, like in that right. range or do a couple nights there, even like the OCs or something like that. You know, that, right. that'd, be, you know, that'd be cool. I don't think, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I just look at the lineups at, at the crocodile in particular. Yeah, and I'm just like, yeah. that is what I want to do. Like they've, I don't know. Just some of my first Seattle shows were at the crocodile and yeah. that would, that would be so cool if I were to be able to say like, Oh yeah, I brought, you know, uh, cunning linguists here. Or, uh, yeah. if I brought Dorian Electra here, or if I brought, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, Bob Alloy, you know, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess at the end of the day, uh, you know, when I, when everything finally gets back up and running, my, my goal is to become, you know, a booker for, a spot that's about the size of the crocodile. And, yeah. you know, even if I am the booker at yeah. three other venues, I feel like I could make that work. Cause, uh, the booker yeah. at the crocodile, the talent buyer, his name's Hunter motto. Yeah. There are times where I've seen, uh, you know, the crocodile presents and, yeah. you know, it's a show at, um, what's that all ages place over by the, uh, space needle, uh, uh Vera project, Yeah, the Vera project, yeah. you know, he'll throw shows yeah. there or he'll throw shows at like a uh, substation or just yeah. another venue, you know, cause you know, for me, like I'll sometimes get, you know, two really dope, inquiries on the same day and i have no problem with throwing two different shows as long as like the the competition isn't there you know i'm not gonna throw like two garage rock shows on the same night in my town or i'll i'll direct that band to the venue to hit them up directly just so i'm not competing you know i'm not like competing with myself yeah no i feel that and and 
Yeah, I was going to say, I got to say, like, Vera is awesome, too. The only reason I didn't mention Vera earlier was because, like, I'm 34, man. Right. And, and no, I feel it. Of, like, you know, me being in the Vera Project, if if I didn't have a kid that was playing in the Vera Project, you know, <laughs> For sure. was like, you know, I, I did go there one time to see, um you know, uh, Kurt's uh, Sea Salt. You okay. Know, they, I think they opened for Goth Babe at the Vera Project, mm-hmm. and I just I just happened to be in the area, so I'm you know, pause, you know, go check them out real quick, and I just remember like 15 minutes of being in that venue, and I'm just like, I am totally the old creeper right now. Yeah, exactly. I, think I should dude. probably like, you know, I'll say what's up to Kurt, you know, keep it respectful and stuff, but after this, like, peace. I'm yeah. Here. <laughs> so uh, there's a venue here in Olympia called yeah. uh, Lavoyer. Yeah, and uh, yeah. they do they do all ages from seven to ten, okay. and then from ten and on is 21 and up. So yeah, they do two yeah, shows a sure. night. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> There were quite a few times where I would throw, you know, all ages shows. And yeah, I would be that one guy that's drinking a beer. And I'm just like, I'm surrounded by like 16 year olds. Like yeah. if there were parents here, they would be mean mugging me, but I'm, yeah, don't I shoot don't me. I'm, yeah, no, I'm the promoter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like the one responsible for keeping their kids safe. And I'm like drinking yeah. a beer and like running the sound and, or running the door or something. It's, yeah. you know, for sure. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, I, that was part of why I eventually moved out of Tallahassee because I feel like I was starting to hit that age where, you know, like when I'm like 26, 27, I can still be like, okay at a college party or right. something like that sort of you know and i'll still feel like kind of out of place you know but it's like mm-hmm. by the time i hit like 28 29 i'm just like yeah you know I'm, I'm i've had enough beer pong to last me for the rest of my life man yeah i'm, I'm good man. <laughs> you know it's funny uh the uh house show scene in olympia is pretty popping so- i've heard yeah I've, I've heard what are some of the uh, well i don't know if i want to say the spots because i don't know if they're all like you know compliant with their landlords <laughs> <laughs> i will say this like, i want to yeah. give a I, I do want to give a shout out to uh the hobbit hole okay Okay. Yeah. The Hobbit Hole is run by. Uh, I've heard of that one. Yeah. Yeah. Dean yeah. and Kiyoshi run it. Uh, I don't know if Tyler still lives there, but uh, shout out Tyler. Yeah. Regardless, but um, you know, it's just a nice little intimate spot. I mean, it only fits like maybe thirty people. It's a a living room, so you know, like we're cramped. You know, COVID not COVID safe for the record. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I sure do miss that place because it was right behind a uh, not a gas station, but a corner store. So okay. if we needed to go for beer runs, it was just right there. Or like it's good location, uh, dude. Yeah. It was so funny. Like I would. Every time I went in there, uh, the, the dude that was working there would always ask, um, he would always ask, uh, Oh, who's playing tonight? Yeah. Cause he, he knew it was up and sure. he would stay yeah. open. Like even like, you know, 10, 20 minutes late oh, just nice. because, yeah, just in hopes that people would come running back and, um, good to have people like that, dude, support the scene. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and the one thing I admire about Dean in particular is he does the, the booking and stuff, but, um, in between sets, he will take this, uh, you know, the jar, the tip jar around yeah. and he will say like, the money is the root of all evil. Dump it here and let's give it to the bands, you know, and he reverse was, psychology hustling dude, right there. <laughs> or he'd say like, somebody just dropped a hundred dollar bill in here. Who can beat that? Can you beat that? Can you beat that? I, I just admire his hustle and like, especially like me doing shows at the pig bar. We don't, yeah, ever, yeah. we rarely ever charge a cover. So I'm yeah. definitely one of those people that's like, Hey, do you have money in your wallet? Yeah. yeah you should you put know, it in here. Yeah. And I guess, you know, on the whole cover thing, man, too. I mean, that was always like a little, maybe not a bone I had to pick or something like that, but with venues in Seattle, cause I've, I've played in venues too where like the band will get a cut of the bar, mm-hmm. but it actually works out way better for everybody because like there was one bar I knew down there and they did a customer appreciation weekend. And we'll just say like after that weekend, the owner comes in for like a Monday morning meeting with the manager and they're looking at the numbers from that weekend. And they're like, how can we have a weekend like that every weekend? Right. You know, cause it was customer appreciation week. So they didn't charge a cover mm-hmm. and the manager just, you know, manager just looked at the owner straight up and it was like, get rid of the roadblock. 
Yeah. You know, get, 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 you know, stop hassling people for five, ten bucks at the door. Just get them in, you know, get them in and get them. Well, if they're presuming they're over 21, you know, get them in yeah. and get them drinking. Right. Know? Exactly. It's like. Uh, the thing yeah. in, the thing we yeah. do in Olympia, I don't know if like this is really yeah. common in yeah. other places, is we'll put not a fluff on the flyer. Okay. No one turned so, a, uh, no one turned away for lack of funds. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know there that. will be a, no. a door person, and we'll basically say like, hey, if you don't have any money, it's cool. I just need to stamp you, but I yeah. will harass you on the way in and out. Yeah, and truth be told, I mean, a lot of door people are kind of liberal about that anyway. Like with with people they know that live in the neighborhood or something like that. You mm-hmm. know, so they're like, hey, you're here four nights a week. You know, you support the place. I'm not going to like hassle you over a five or ten dollar right. cover charge. You know? For sure, for sure. Not to say that you should expect that, but you know, it's like you know, again, it's it's you know, it's just kind of a little like unspoken perk at some spots. You know, definitely. Yeah, that ends up working. Yeah. Um, I was going to say the computer's off right there. I'm guessing that's still recording. Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> we should check that out. Shout out Sage and sh- shout out Andy uh, in the uh, undisclosed studios. Got to always, man, the unsung heroes, man, of the engineering staff, sound engineer. Shout out to all the sound engineers out there right now. Definitely. And everybody, man. Like Y'all are doing God's you know, work. You're doing the work that yeah. I just don't want to do ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say you don't want to deal with audio, bro. You're on a podcast now. <laughs> Wish me luck. <laughs> I do. <laughs> oh man. Uh who are your biggest influences with uh Blade Palace? Um well like I yeah, um definitely with with Rob. I mean, if you listen to Rob's guitar playing, there's a lot of OCs in there, I mm-hmm. would say. I feel um, and uh, you know some of Elliot, you know, you'll find like a, a little bit of like wand, a little bit of I, I don't want to speak too much for him, but I, I would say like a little bit of Tame Impala and like some, you know, Elliot, yeah, no, Elliot's, I definitely Elliot's more on the psyche trip. So if you listen to our song Red Summer, for instance, um, which on the 1919 EP, um, the verses of that song, uh, the guitar parts, that is not the I'm just talking about the instrumental parts, the verses, Elliot, the mm-hmm. main Core, not chorus exactly, but the main section when the heavy riff comes in, that was Rob. Nice. And if you really want to understand the difference between Elliot and Rob's guitar playing, like that to me is like the quintessential song to listen to for like the duality that's going on in there. That's like, I mean, they're both good by themselves, but you bring them together, you know, on the same track. That's what makes, you know, the Blade Palace magic for me when it comes to the writing process. Awesome. Yeah, I definitely got a lot of uh, Pink Floyd vibes out of. Out of what I was listening to. Some. And if you listen, I mean, I don't think these songs are even out yet for Peyote Ugly, but on some of the new streams that that's Elliot's doing, like if you listen to the new Peyote songs, they're um, particularly like the last one at the end of the live stream. Definitely a lot of Pink Floyd going on. Yeah, there, no, that's, that so. was like my first thought when I, uh, you know, right before we did this interview, I was like, yeah. I should probably listen to Blade Palace. Yeah, definitely. There's- definitely the music, you know, you, you can kind of zone out too. But I, I feel like if Peyote Ugly is like the, you know, a daytime, you know, zoning out at a park or something like that, Blade Palace is more like a bad acid trip or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it's like much more, yeah, much more in your face, I guess. For sure. Yeah. What are What are your favorite bands in Seattle right now? Um, I, I've been lucky because a lot of them I have, I've had a chance to interview right. on awesome. the podcast. I mean, I definitely, I love Smoker Dad, um, mm-hmm. musically, like what they're doing right now. And, and, um, I think Peter, you know, Peter Sumich, who plays in Forest Ray, but he basically produced their new, uh, this newest Smoker Dad seven inch, um, the newest Smoker Dad seven inch. Do you want it? Which just came out maybe I want to say middle of September. 
But that record, the combination of like Peter's production and Smoker Dad as a band, yeah, it's just like that was the dream team right there. You know, like that's mm-hmm. that's a record, man. So I it was I was very fortunate to be able to interview Derek when I did because I actually didn't even realize Smoker Dad had a new record coming out until he played me it. Oh, you know, sweet. I was like, oh, when's this coming out? He's like, oh, the 15th. I'm like, well, let me push back your interview like two weeks so I can actually like premiere it when it yeah. comes out, man. <laughs> yeah, so Smoker Dad's awesome. Um, again, you know, I mean, Brennan, even though I work with him a lot, but, you know, Sea Life, like I love the way Brennan writes. Um, uh, you know, I think Forrest Ray has a really cool like like sound to them, you know, mm-hmm. overall. I mean, they've done like a bunch of different stuff and, and really Valley, like again, V-L-L-Y, like Valley, but um peter's other band like i really love like their sound too and i'm I'm really lately i've been really digging that kind of sound with bands like nothing it's like sort of like early 2010s that's the right word 20 you know 2010s yeah yeah mm-hmm. it, like early 2010s kind of shoegaze stuff like that so definitely i like what they've been doing um outside of that um i'm about to interview la fonda tomorrow sweet you know, they're they're solid mm-hmm. um, yeah they're and, great um and who else? Action S, Action S is really cool. Almost Action, Action S blew my mind when they, I saw them at Fisherman's Village. They work so hard, man, and they've been doing their thing for so many years now. And, and live on stage, they're they're a lot of energy live. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like them as a live band. I got to be honest, more than I do on record, you know. But again, that's just you know live 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 in the record to me are like two different things these right. days. No, that's totally d- two different worlds. Yeah, it's like if you it, imagine if you force like Tom Cruise to act in a, a live play of Mission Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> it's like how, like how would that translate and vice versa? <laughs> right. It's like the explosion drops down from the ceiling of the playhouse you know, or something like that. Like, might be kind of interesting, but no, I don't know. You know, it's I'm pro it. Um, some ba- some bands are really good to enjoy on a record like that, and other bands are kind of like meant to be enjoyed live. You know, so it could be two different things. Um, but yeah, some of uh, some of the other bands I'm trying to go over in my head here. What else have I been playing with lately? I'm sure I'll probably think of some other names later on. My bad if I'm forgetting anything. Because um, Blade Pals, we've we've played with a lot. I actually just heard of the Heavy Suns new EP oh, last okay. night. Um, they posted it was, it was just a little two song single that they put out. But I think it was uh, Jack and Dino that produced that one too. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack and Dino, for those of you who aren't familiar, I mean this guy, you know, engineered Nirvana back in the day. I mean he he, you know he he's done some stuff, but now he's at a point I think in his career where he really just likes to focus on you know just whatever he likes to record. For um, sure. And so he's recorded for the Black Tones. Oh, sweet. Um, and then there's there's a handful of other bands that he's, you know, produced and recorded as of recent in Seattle. So, you know, definitely like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'll think of more as I go. Dog, on there's here. over like a yeah. hundred yeah. bands. There's, there's, I mean, there's active bands, <laughs> you know. And even active, you know, post-COVID, man. And, and there, there's, you know, there's some bands. I will say that it's like when, when COVID killed their touring career, you know, or at least for now, it was kind of like, oh, do we want to keep doing this? You know, and it's like, mm-hmm. eh. but I, I really, one thing I really appreciate about Seattle is, is in spite of what COVID's done in the live music scene there, there are still bands. It's like, you can tell they love what they're doing because they're not stopping, you know, Definitely. They're like they're, they might be doing the live streams. They might just be, you know, writing or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the love of music is still there. They're not going to just be like, well, we can't tour anymore. I guess, you know, time to break up and go do other things. It's like, you know, cause we're not getting paid or something like that. Yeah, you know? no, I feel like, <laughs> no, dude, I feel like, uh, I'm going to get yeah. a lot of EPKs the next, uh, yeah. you know, this next yeah. com- summer. And it's going to be like, we did a live stream on this platform and this platform and this yeah. platform, so, which is totally yeah. new to me, but you know, hey, if the views are there, if you're still active after all this and you've been, yeah. if you have been c- 
continuously grinding, then yeah. more props to you. Then I have more respect for you. I take you more seriously as a musician I th- I think to it, book you. I think it actually has forced a lot of bands to kind of get their act together in some other ways in that way. Because I know for Blade Palace, like the live the live session videos I was talking about earlier, like we should have been made those like yeah. six months, a year, you know, a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. Um you know, but it took us being knocked out of the local music game to where it's just like, oh, we have no shows that we have to practice for coming up. So we got time. We got time to focus on that. We got time to tie up all these other loose ends that should have been taken care of. You right. Know? But now that it's like we can't play shows, it's like we have no choice but to take care of them. So I, I would like to think for the bands that continue through this. And, and emerge from all this it's it's i'm really excited to see what happens with that and also because like even when we were doing the live stream the other night at central i just remember bringing my gear into the venue you know it's down there in pioneer square and everybody that walked by there weren't a ton of people walking around in the neighborhood but like the few that did were like is, is there live music going yeah. on here tonight bro like is there, you could tell they've just been so starved for this stuff that's like right our, our, you know we could have just screamed into that mic for three minutes and they would have just loved it <laughs> <laughs> just so like everybody is just so starved for live music now so it's just like oh man you know I just, i'm just picturing like when we actually can get back to this it's just like open the floodgates man like you know mm, like let's for do sure. this you know Oh yeah, we're gonna do it big. I mean, I my plan is to uh, in j- starting in January, I'm gonna be yeah. messaging first things first, messaging venues saying, you know, yeah. hey, I think June is like the day or the uh, month that we're aiming for. Yeah, that's what we're aiming for. Like, it, do you think it's possible as a venue? And you yeah. know, get the yeses and nos. And I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if I'm not gonna book another show until September, October yeah. of next year. You know, and and I was saying like. It is unfortunate because the reality is for a lot of venues, they're kind of looking on the horizon. And right now it's just like if we have to go through another two, three months of this stuff, we're going to lose the building. We're going to lose the venue. That's kind of where a lot of them are at with it. Um, and I, you know, I feel bad for the, for the venues and, and the, you know, then certainly the people that work for them, you know, and, and work there and stuff like that. But if I had to put any kind of positive air on it, it's like, again, as long as the energy is there and people want to see live music, it's like mm-hmm. you say, whether it's house shows, whether it's build a stage in your backyard or something, you know, right. it's like as long as the spirit's there, it can come back. Definitely. Um, you know, whatever form that that may take. So that's that's really the day that I'm looking forward to. Definitely. Shout out to all the venues that are surviving out there. Like, I really yeah. appreciate y'all like more than, you know. Yeah. And it's for me, I mean, it's, it's really the people at work there are, mm-hmm. are the biggest things, you know, cause I like I've, I've done enough show promotion in my life again. It's like the venues, not the most popular opinion on my part, but it's like with the venues, it's like they're investors, they're business people, exactly. you know, and, and you, you know, you we're hustlers. We'll find a way to make a way, you know, not to say that I own a venue. Right. <laughs> right, you know right. I mean? It's like, <laughs> You know, people like that. There are there are ways to bounce back from that for sure. But to me, I mean, I'm my heart is really with the workers, you know, and the people. It's just like they didn't have a bunch of assets, they didn't have savings. This wasn't something that they did because they had a bunch of money sitting around. And it's like, right. you know, yeah, like this was their job. Going, that was it. That was all they had, man. You mm-hmm. know, and it's and the musicians too, for that matter. You know, and it's like that's. It it just it frustrates me because for all the you know the time you know 
I just feel like sometimes we're asked to like bail out venues in that way. But then again, when you have a night where it's like you don't do that well, you know, it's not like the venue comes around and say, well, you know, here's a thousand dollars anyway, just because, you know, yeah, like, right. We, no, we that's not how this works. It's like, uh, <laughs> you know, so it's like, again, I as much as I respect the venues, I, I approach it with a little grain of salt there, you know, on, on either ways. But, you know, again, unpopular opinion on my part, perhaps. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to say it anyway, because it's a podcast. <laughs> no, I definitely feel you there. Yeah, we can edit that out too if you really want. But no, it's okay. <laughs> I was just like trying to go off of that, really. If anything, yeah, no, um, for sure, man. You know, you know, I just don't understand why it's so complicated for our government to actually like pay us for a, a you know an epidemic that we are not responsible for. I just wish yeah. that there was a way that our country could get its shit together in the in the way that like you look at other countries and it's like, yeah, stay home for, you know, a month or two. We'll give you some extra cash, you know, just so you can survive. And then we'll be back to normal and flatten the curve. But no, I mean, we can, we're allowed to go to bars here in Washington. Yeah. I, as much as I, I'm guilty. I, I I do go to the bar on Sundays to watch a football game, but realistically, that's not what I should be doing. I should be, you know, staying home. And the fact that I work in the weed industry and it's labeled quote unquote essential. It is essential. I mean, okay. Yes, it is. It is (laughs) to an extent. (laughs) I do worry about those plants. Like, you know, people that are growers, like the the plants need to stay healthy and all that, you know, and don't get me wrong, like mental health, we need to keep ourselves busy. Yes. Weed is essential in that aspect, but there's no reason I should be going there every day just to make specifically joints. I don't know what my coworkers are doing outside of work. I don't know where they're going. Like, how am I supposed to trust my coworkers? And then I've got all these coworkers that are complaining constantly. Like, I can't believe they have to make us wear a mask. And funny story, I've been wearing a mask for the past four years at my job. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's just because I make joints and I, I tend to inhale Keef and it sucks when you do that. So I just, I've been wearing the mask. (laughs) Uh, It's, it's interesting times. I don't know. I don't know how much you've, you've, read into me and my background but personally i'm i've always the last not always but the last year or two i really became a huge proponent of universal basic income Mm -hmm. um okay coming you know coming from a background of being an artist um being in the music you know business and stuff like that and watching this transition from you know working musicians being replaced by djs Mm -hmm. you know and and kind of how that world consolidated in professional music and also just the difficulty and bureaucracy behind trying to do like things like arts grants or, or things like that, where the people that get them tend to be the ones that are most well-connected or that have the most time to sit there writing like presentations or, you know, pitches and stuff like that. Where right. it's like, you know, to me, it's like you could just implement a universal basic income and that would do so much good for so many people, not, ju- not just musicians and artists, but again, you know, bartenders and workers and everyday people and stuff like that. So when you do have these times, you know, God forbid we have to go through this again, but when mm-hmm. you have these times, instead of having to say, you know, we're, we're shutting everything down and eat shit, yeah. you know, which is basically what we had to say. I hate, I hate to say it, but to a lot of people in Washington, if you, you know, you wonder why you see all these like cult signs in rural Washington. Now yeah. I have to explain to people is because you shut those, you shut down those people's, you know, restaurants, churches, what else they got? You know, and it's like, but you didn't give them anything to fall back on. Exactly. Yeah. If you had at least said, okay, you know, like we're going to have to kind of like batten down here for like a month or two, but everybody gets 1200 bucks a month or something, you know, yeah. like just to survive. Pay exactly. Your, pay your bills, pay your electric bill, pay all that stuff. 
you know, and yeah, it sucks, but we're going to get through this. And after like a month or two, you know, we, we can nix this and we'll be back online. I mean, China's been doing that for years. I mean, yeah. it's as far back yeah. as I can remember, like, you know, yeah. SAR, when SARS was a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. They, they tell people wear masks, stay home. That's yeah. just like a normal practice for them. But here you tell people you have to stay home. They're like, no, my constitutional rights are being stripped of me. Like, do you yeah. not want to, <laughs> yeah. do you not That's... want this to, to stop? <laughs> yeah. And, and again, when you give them nothing else to fall back on and even America, I think is a little bit different than, cause you look at a lot of other, uh, you know, democracies that have varying degrees of socialism in that way, which, which I respect too. But part of the problem with that in America is like, you try to have the government predict what stuff people need or what stuff to give people, but mm-hmm. you just give everybody a check. Everybody could use money. Exactly. You know, and they can spend it on the stuff that actually, you know, whatever, hey, whatever you need that month, uh, you need to pay your electric bill, you need groceries, you know, like pretty much everybody you or I know can figure out how to put a thousand, 1200 bucks a month to work. You right. Know what I mean? like, I feel like my so, biggest yeah. regret, my biggest regret yeah. with my uh, stimulus check was not investing in a band because I was like, oh, I'll pay my <laughs> <Jesus>. bills. <laughs> I was, I was thinking about starting a record label. Okay. I was going to say, Hey, uh, you know, like let's throw out, I'm just going to throw out a random name. Linda from work. Y'all want vinyls pressed? I've got 1200 bucks. Y'all want to flip this money with me? Andy, if you want to start a record label and you need $1,200, I'll write you a fucking check right now. And you don't owe me a damn thing. <laughs> I'm just saying, bro. Like, I'm just saying. <laughs> all right cap city records it's on yeah, its way <laughs> let's, let's make it happen man. all right let's bring bring up some of these olympia bands man yep, exactly saying, you know, let's do this man um you know but uh so yeah i mean I've, I've big i've always been a big proponent of of universal basic income and there are a lot of other things i mean without going down i don't know how much of a political rabbit hole you want to go down <laughs> right right this, right but, uh, we know, can we can stop at any time <laughs> we can do it in overtime too i mean i'll talk about it all day man <laughs> ask, my, ask my girlfriend she you know I, I don't shut up about this stuff <laughs> you know it's funny if you had talked to me four years ago i would have been like voting doesn't matter nothing matters sure all of our yeah. politicians suck and yeah you know even here the fucked up part is even to this day yeah. i'm like yeah okay yeah. yes as much as i want to believe voting is important and yes yeah. i do vote yeah i don't actually believe that it makes a difference at the end of the day because yeah. it's all it's all the government they all want they don't they don't give a fuck about us like yeah. that's just one thing that i've i've known since i was little you know and we we could definitely i would say like go down an overtime conversation on that so yeah. on that note on that i note. was gonna say let's wrap up this segment right here and um Andy, again, you know, thanks for taking the time to chat and anything, anything you'd like to say before this portion of our broadcast is over. <laughs> uh, be sure to follow us on uh, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Cap City Presents uh, when shows are back rolling. You know, I'll I'll be I'll be making making sure that it's a safe space for, you know, artists and, you know, attendees to to go through. Absolutely. Um is there anything else you want to add on this podcast? I'll just say, you know, follow Raised on Rhythm on Spotify podcast. You know, we got new episodes com- coming every Monday. Um, we have we do have a Patreon. If you want to help support the podcast, patreon.com slash Raised on Rhythm. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're all that. We're on all that good stuff. But really, just follow us on Spotify because all our social media is, is you know, just us plugging the podcast episodes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'll be sure to include uh, links to the uh, podcast episode in this episode. All right. Sounds good. And when we come back, let's go in overtime. How about that? All right. Sounds good, dude. All right. All right. Back on.
Winehouse, and the song is called Pretty Lips. You can check out that song and more on Spotify, Bandcamp. Again, me and Andy talked a little bit about Winehouse earlier in the interview, but they are a band from right here in Olympia, and they're all over social media. They're doing stuff right now, so definitely check out Winehouse. I also want to take this opportunity to thank our engineers here at Undisclosed Studios in Olympia, Andy, Sage. These folks put in work not only on today's episode, but really all of the Cap City Presents podcast. And they truly are the unsung heroes of all of this. So we're very, very grateful for the work that they do. Andy and I will be back in a minute here for the second half of our discussion. Before then, I want to switch gears here for a minute and feature another artist from here in Olympia. And this man is so much more than an artist. He is a voice from here in Olympia. He was actually featured on the second episode of Cap City Presents podcast, so definitely check that out if you haven't already. The song is called This Way. It was produced by Big Box, and this artist is Afrock. Growing up black and white had me conflicted Like trying to go home from where you were evicted Not accepted by your own had you restricted And the lies of the TV of your people are depicted In a wild world where we're trying to raise our children Feeling like we're trapped in a burning building Scared and mad I can feel the burden building How can I stay strong when my people getting killed And the blood spilling, the grudge is real when People became the judge, execution and jury Taking black lives like the spoil of a hunt Posted about on Facebook, now what more do you want? I shared a here and there, gave a like and gave a care But stare in the mirror, the soldier isn't there Do you stand for black lives when it isn't popularized? Do you listen late night when you hear the family's cries? And I can't take you by the hand And I can't make you understand 
Sorry is empty. It's time to stand up strong, just like some pillars. Dig deep down where lies we facing killers. It hits home too close, giving me chillers. The ones who claim they built this ain't really the builders. So don't always believe it when it said it's real. Cause in 2020, you can end up Emmett Till. News flash, it's apparent black lives don't matter. Ahmaud Arbery was dead two months before all the chatter. This is life or death, and I'm escaping the ladder. See, this is what happens to my people making me sadder Because as a black man, every day I fear for my life And I pray God protects me for my children and wife yeah. And I can't take you by the hand And I can't make you understand Why we feeling this way It's just how we feel Why we feeling this way It's just how we feel And I can't take you by the hand And I can't make you Explain it to people. Well, all lives matter. <laughs> we don't want to explain why Black Lives Matter and not just say two or Black Lives Matter right now. No, Black lives have always mattered. And y'all white people out there, you better educate your For those of you that are back with us, you you have you have proven yourselves, and you're ready. <laughs> yeah, you're ready. For this. <laughs> uh, be prepared because I'm going so to rant. I'm going to get angry, yeah, old man mode here. But, but you know, we need to talk about it, man. Because when it's stuff that you want to talk about that bad, like we gotta we gotta put it out there, and we gotta talk about it, and we gotta you know we gotta figure out how to fix this shit, man. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Know? I mean, God knows what's gonna happen with the election and all that, but um. Basically, the, the point that I was trying to make yeah, is like, yeah. I have understood about, you know, the concept of quote unquote white privilege yeah. long before I ever even heard that term. You yeah. know, my dad always told me like, you know, hey, you are visibly brown. You yeah. don't really fit in just by the way you look just at your, you know, at school. And it's funny because I'm the only brown kid out of eight kids. I've got mm. I've got a big Mexican family. So, yeah, you know, yeah, I've got yeah. seven siblings and I've got a, a brother that's a, you know, blonde, blue eyed, yeah. uh, a sister yeah. that's redhead, green eyed, you know. Um, 
I guess really the point that I was trying to make with all this is like diversity is super important in my books and I I do my best to, to try to, to add diversity into lineups. Um, on top of that, you know, the, the current state of things is just awkward. I was watching, I was watching a, an interview with, um, Candace Owens, TI killer Mike, just all three of them. Like they all have valid points. It's just, I, I cannot get behind what our government does like it, it doesn't matter if it's biden or if it's trump yeah yeah and and we we have a fundamental incentive problem with politicians in that way because if you're running for office we've gotten into this environment where it's like the money's over here and the people are kind of over here mm-hmm. you know and and if you're an aspiring politician you know a lot of times you know somebody once joked that politics is show business for ugly people oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it's like um in primaries it's even worse because as a politician, you're incentivized to cater to the political junkies at that point on either side. So you ever notice yeah. how in primaries you really get like the, you know, primaries are like the local shows of politics, right. <laughs> you know, where you get the real characters on like yeah. one side or the other. And and even like the moderates, quote unquote, really try to, you know, sometimes they'll be forced to sort of cater, you know, their positions, to the extreme right, left, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're appealing to like the the 20 percent you're appealing to the 70 percent of the 20 percent of people who vote in primaries yeah and then of course and then we wonder why we get to the general election and everybody's just like the fuck yeah why 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 is this why is this our choice like (laughs) these are these are not people who are speaking to like everyday people everyday problems um you know these people just kind of seem to be in this weird echo chamber where they're just pulling you know pages out of ideological playbooks from 50 100 years ago Mm -hmm. and what they're talking about really doesn't have a whole ton to do with the problems that that I, I hate to say, you know, normal people, you know, working people, whatever, actually face in their day to day lives. Right. And we wonder why we get such shitty turnout rates <laughs> for elections. And like know? and they, you know, they call it, you know, quote unquote, uh, democratic socialism. Like yeah. if, if that's all that it means, like to get free health care, because like I'm yeah. working 40 hours a week and all my friends yeah. that are unemployed, they get full health care. So, yeah. I, you know, and, and we, we approach that angle, I think, too, from a very bad angle because we, we don't what we don't talk about is how hard that makes it for people to start businesses and impl- mm-hmm. and hire people because you know it's on you the business to have to give everybody health care which costs money which costs money and then it's like to the extent you do hire people you want to make them contractors or temp workers gig and stuff like that so you don't actually or put them in at like 32 or you know whatever the hour the minimum hour requirement is right. you know, before you have to start giving them health care um, same even with like minimum wage stuff and, and things like that. So to me, it's like the debate about healthcare, you know, should be like, you have to figure out a way to get healthcare off the backs of small businesses, mm-hmm. you know, and just make the system just more efficient all Definitely. around, you know, I mean, to me, it makes perfect sense. And I think even to most people that makes sense. But again, you know, you bring in the lobbying cash and, you know, the sort of ideological noise on both sides. And it's, it's like, yeah, I don't know if I want to say both sides necessarily, but like, you know, yeah, 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 it's yeah. Like, you know, it's like, Oh my God, this is going to be, yeah. This the is thing like, I admire about uh, Canada yeah. 
in yeah. in particular yeah. is they they charge way too much for a pack of cigarettes but they also use the taxes to fund healthcare so well, it's a win win yeah and and also that's something that people miss too because the united states is the only country in the, in the developed industrial world that does not have a value added tax canada uk you know japan everywhere else you go they have value added tax oh yeah and the critical part is that value added tax actually captures you revenue from you know like every google search every facebook ad you know all the money that gets essentially that goes to the big tech companies right now you know if you actually had a value added tax to start capturing that revenue whereas our current system kind of relies on that like the federal government relies on income tax payroll tax for about 84 percent of its revenue right now in the uk that number is split more like 30 30 30 between value added tax corporate tax you know and, and income and stuff like that the problem is that we're slowly eliminating more and more human labor with automation so it's like we're losing more payroll tax payees yeah and we still rely on like you know income payroll tax for all this revenue at the federal level as opposed to like value-added tax so that's part even a lot of countries what i'm saying that have socialized medicine and a lot more robust social safety nets they don't really experience these problems in quite the same way as the united states because again they have like a value-added tax capturing revenue that they then use to pay for health care for housing subsidies for like i mean christ if you live in saudi arabia i mean like the you know the government there basically like gives the people you know i'm not gonna say everything but a lot you know yeah and that's why they can maintain this sort of uh royal dictatorship you know because like they take care of their people you yeah know? <laughs> like <laughs> straight up if that's all it took like jesus I wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't mind a dictatorship if that's all it took. <laughs> you know, and, and the sad thing is even in America, that's kind of like where, you know, the, the Trump fervor kind of comes in right now, you know, cause it's like you ask people, would you rather, <laughs> God, somebody told me this the other day and it was so disturbing. Like, you know, like we don't want democracy. We want liberty and prosperity. And I, it's just like, fuck, you know, like these people like really like, you know, it's like, yeah, they, they, you know, they, they would rather have like, or at least in their minds, like fascism, but with quote unquote, liberty and prosperity. Right. Like, you know, like, it's like those all yeah. lives matter people. And then all of a sudden you throw, you throw yeah. like a, you know, yeah. LBGTQ people, you know, into the mix and it's yeah. just like, well, not for them. Well, I no. thought you just said all yeah. lives matter. No. So yeah. and it's, yeah, it's a contradiction for sure. That it absolutely, is. It's just like, oh, uh, you know, um, and and then, yeah, it's it's difficult, too, because then you have to go and try to explain to, like, you know, white people in the Midwest and Appalachia who for the last 40 years have just been getting hammered by job outsourcing and automation and, you know, all the money basically leaving their communities and going elsewhere. You have to then try and go and explain to those people why they're privileged. Right. You know, anyway, and, they're, and they're just kind of look at you, you know, as they, you know, cast the last of their disability check and they're just like, are you fucking kidding me right now? You know, it's like, and not to say that that doesn't exist. You know, like, yeah, absolutely white privilege exists you know that mm -hmm. doesn't invalidate that argument right all i'm saying is like that's why it can be such a tough sell you know when when we talk about that up in the if you ever notice like progressive candidates will do very well in like san francisco and seattle and new york and some of these big cities and the minute they get to the south whether it's like south carolina you know georgia or tennessee or some of the others it's like dead on arrival you know joe biden wins south carolina yeah <laughs> something like that for sure so yeah it's uh it's a tricky thing with that it's like the difference between like me going to the Midwest because I have a I have a lot of family yeah. in South Dakota. So yeah. there were times where I'd it wasn't necessarily like quote unquote racism. It was more just like yeah. what are you doing here? Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> and messed it's, up. Man. Yeah, and it's it's yeah. it's kind of a backwards. I was just in Yakima over the weekend and I had to yeah. explain to my partner because she's white. I'm like, do yeah. not leave the hotel room without me because it's it's a it's a, yeah. it's the hood over there. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> nothing's going to happen to you, man. Like I grew up in Miami, like, you know, Liberty city. I would give my old managers rides, you know, rides back home from work and stuff. Uh-huh. I remember one time, you know, like we, we, we got out of like 22nd Avenue and 62nd, which those of you are familiar from Miami. That's like heart of Liberty city, basically. Yeah. You know, my manager sees me a little 19 year old white boy. I'm like a little shook and stuff like that. And he's just like, dude, they just think you're a customer. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so like they don't want nothing happening to you, dude. Like, right. shit. No, like, I just didn't want her yeah. getting mugged. Like she's just an easy target. The, you know, yeah. a cute white girl in, in the hood at you know yeah. 12 o'clock at night go into her car yeah the- but at the same time i would say that for any neighborhood in the world i mean at some point it's like if you're just walking around all by yourself at 2 a.m with a uh, like a rolex you know and, yeah. and looking like you're just you know at some point and i again i'm not trying to victim blame here with that but it's just like you know there are just ways to move and if you're a touring musician you're kind of familiar with that too you know because mm-hmm. it's just you're that's your job is going to all these places like you're not from there you don't know nobody there and it's like hey go do your show go to your room or you know go and keep an eye on your gear exactly and that's it you'll be all right you know mm-hmm. but um but yeah it's, to me that's that's more it's not really about the neighborhood it's more just like how do you how do you move you know how do you kind of carry yourself in that way i feel <laughs> pausing on that right yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else that we want to add, I guess? I don't know, man. We're going to go, we're going to go down a hole in this one. I actually, I actually did have a question I wanted to ask you on this front. Like what are the, the, um, I don't know if you can name names or channels here, but like, what are the, uh, the citizen journalists in town that you feel have done a really good job of covering the protests here? Citizen protests. Citizen journalists. Citizen journalists. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm trying to think of like, because I got to tell you right now, like up in Seattle, it's like trying to get, you know, news on what's going on with the protests or anything like that from any of the, well, we might just call them the establishment media lanes up there. It's like they're just being spoon fed press releases by Seattle Police Department and regurgitating that. Whereas, you know, if you want to go on and get an idea of like what's actually going on on the ground. Everybody I know has been going to Facebook, Instagram, like the live streamers that are actually out there in the streets. Mm-hmm. And if anything, there was a really big backlash in like May and, and June, you know, when, when this was really popping off, especially against bands and artists that were trying to plug music. Because it's like, dude, shut the fuck up. We're trying to keep the news feed free so that we can see what's going on. Amen. You know, with with this stuff that's happening in the streets right now, we can we can deal with all that later. But it's like, you know, like right now, it's like. This is what we're dealing with. Uh, as far as like Olympia goes, I, I can't, nobody really comes to mind. There is the uh, Olympia Works in Progress newspaper. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's a free yeah. newspaper. You can cat, you know, you can pick it up at Rainy Day Records or, sure. you know, uh, spots like that. And they actually did a uh, write up about the uh, last live stream that we hosted in my backyard. Okay. Uh, it was for Hockey Farmers yeah. um, Movement. Yeah. Sorry. Hockey Farmers Movement. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's a POC owned farm uh, yeah. that basically teaches, you know, people how to grow their own food and all that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we raised money for them. Um, so, yeah, that was Olympia Works in Progress. Uh, as far as like people that are on the ground, like doing live streams, uh, the the only name that really comes to mind is Julie C. She's a hip hop artist out of yeah, Seattle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You familiar? Um, I have uh, no, I'm not familiar with her, but okay. it's, yeah, you know, it's, I mean, just trying to figure out who to tune into if you actually want to get the real scoop, you know, what's going on in the streets mm-hmm. and everything like that. And, and seeing that stuff, because again, you know, it's like, you can't, you know, it's very, I'm going to say it's impossible, but it's very, very difficult to trust whatever law enforcement says about incidents yeah. that go down. And also uh Shannon yeah. Shepard has been very, yeah. Yeah, very yeah. loud about, about yeah. what's been going on. Yeah. And, and that stuff's important, man. And again, this is the kind of work that it's, you know, it's, it's can be thankless. Um, it can be brutal, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and these people need our support though, because this is the kind of work that needs to be done right now. Amen. You know, 
Um, so yeah, citizen journalists, I meant to ask you about that, you know, because I see, you know, even when I came to the studio today, you know, you, you see the boards and, you know, the, some of the shops and windows boarded up. And of course, you know, you see the street art and everything like that. That's, that's reflective of what's going on right now and what the community's feeling about a lot of these issues. Mm-hmm. I'm very yeah. blessed to be living in a place like this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've always, I've always had like the liberal mindset, I guess I've, yeah. I've been tolerant of other people and, you know, other religions or other views. And it wasn't yeah. until, you know, recently that I, you know, can see, you know, my, my newsfeed on Facebook is so diverse because yeah. like, I have this habit of being like, oh, you're in this band that I happen to like. I'm going yeah, to send you sure. a friend request. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it happens. You're just like, you know, you and I met in the Seattle Musicians Group, yeah. you know, and where I I made a post that said, hey, who's on Instagram? Let's follow each other. Like, Twitter, let's, I think it was. But yeah, yeah, Twitter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more active yeah. on Instagram. But um, yeah. yeah, no, I'm just trying to, like, keep the name relevant. So I don't know if some of these people are, you know, spewing hate speech. And I need yeah. to, you know. I need to, to keep my eyes out for that because I, you know, being a show promoter, yeah. number one safety. Yeah. I absolutely. want a show yeah. to be a safe yeah. space. Yeah. And, and even, I mean, for me, you know, just like being able to go where I can, you know, because of my skin tone and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's, it's tragic too, because I will, you know, again, you'll meet people in the music scene, you know, one thing or another, and then, you know, your friend requests them on social media and all of a sudden you find out that's where they're you know, showing their true colors right. one, way, one way or the other. And, and people don't, you know, necessarily get in a certain mindsets overnight either. And it's, it's, you can't drag them out of it overnight, you know, either sometimes when you're confronting them. But to me, I mean, I've always had faith that it's like through repeated interactions like that, you know, Sometimes the best thing I even do is, you know, just let somebody go off on that a little bit. And it's like, even if they take it to the extreme, they sort of pause and they're like, wait a second, like, what am I saying right now? Yeah. This is like kind of, you know, because they see I'm silent too. And they're just mm-hmm. like, eh, you know, like, um, so I guess, you know, again, I wouldn't expect everybody to try and do that, but it is something that I try and do, you know, just in, in my own sphere, in my own worlds with that. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a difficult thing for sure. Like. I, I don't I don't even see I don't even see it as like a liberal or conservative issue, you know, in, in the political spectrum, libertarian authority, you know, whatever coordinate you fall on, you know, in, in those political compass tests and things like that. It, to me, it's like to me, it's like a human issue. You know, it's like we all have this right. problem, like even even if you're it's it's crazy to me how people that support uh, small government, you know, and, and, you know, libertarian ideals and things like that. Well, somehow when it comes to the police department, they'll just write them a blank check. Right. And they won't even care. You know, and it's like, you know, are we we're not even questioning. I think because I think even some libertarians are kind of questioning that now. It's like, <laughs> why? Not all, but maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe some, you know, are like, well, the whole point, like, why? Why is it that, you know, instead of like actually addressing some of these problems in society, we're just cutting a blank check to the police department every year that's only getting bigger because if crime goes up, then the police are like, hey, we need more money to you know solve the crime problem. And if crime goes down, they're like, hey, look at what a great job we're doing. We need more money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like it never ends. Yeah, with SPD, it's like this just, you know, absolutely like endless circle where it's just either way. So in the end, it's like. You know, they win and the losers are like the taxpayers, you know, businesses, everybody. Yeah, it's people town. like us. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. Work, regular people, too, and stuff like that. And 
I think, you know, and again, another part of the problem with that is that for so many, if you're like a young person who's from like kind of a town that's falling apart and you're not, you know, you're not that great with school and you're just trying to make a way for yourself. It's like, what other options do you have when you get done with high school? Like join the military. And then, you mm-hmm. know, the Department of Defense is about 80 percent enlistee, 20 percent officers. So most of the people who are going to be discharged from the military are going to be enlistee. If they were high school grads went in, you know, when they went in, they were high school grads when they got out and you get out the most popular jobs for uh, discharge are truck driving, law enforcement, and management, you know, and it's like, we only have so many career paths open, you know, if you're kind of like, let's say like an agro dude or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. 50 years ago, I mean, my grandfather used to own a foundry in Spokane. That'd be the kind of guy you, you know, hey, put him to work lifting manhole covers. He can't hurt nobody. There, yeah. You know, I mean? <laughs> like, you know, but now it's just like, we only have so many other options. So if you look at it, it's like the police unions will just defend to the, you know, to the T like these just so undef- you know, indefensible actions because it's just like without those jobs, what the hell else you know are they going to do at this point? It's like we have to fix that problem too. <laughs> um, yeah, going back to what I was saying with um, yeah, yeah. W- well, I mean, this ties into what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, going back to what I was saying with um, you know, keeping keeping my friends close and enemies closer. You know, yeah. when I see people on my Facebook feed that are just like you know, like I love cops. You know, cops are doing the great thing and cops are doing everything right. Yeah. Well, can you not see that there are other there are bigger issues like why are teachers yeah. making so much less than a, a police officer yeah. like yeah don't get me wrong a police officer's job is a dangerous job but there are ways to go about this that are you know that don't affect you know poor neighborhoods and, and especially why, and why is a police officer's job so dangerous because we've let so many of these communities just fall apart you know mm-hmm. in so many ways rather than trying to take care of our people you know we just let it get to the point where it's like let's just arrest people and yeah. throw them in private prisons yeah you know which you know yeah you can do that but over time i mean that's a very destructive expensive mm-hmm. system with just so much wasted potential there amen you know and yeah anyways let's so. rehabilitate some people like especially drug users i've just seen i've seen yeah. heroin and meth take down so many people and, and it just pisses me off that like yeah. you throw them in a cell like yeah. why why not get them help and i i understand the concept of they need to ask for help yeah. you know and and why are they getting hooked specifically on opioids and heroin they're not getting hooked on mushrooms and weed necessarily yeah, true that. <laughs> um you know they're looking for powerful painkillers to escape the misery of their everyday lives the hopelessness the desperation the financial stress that so many people in america are going through right now and that's not just a seattle problem either that's that's appalachia that's the rust belt mm-hmm. you know all these states out there where it's like again they're just kind of falling apart because people, you know, people got nothing. They're all out of options. So, you know, you can you can try to throw the drug addicts in jail instead or whatever, you know, that strategy is. Or you can actually try to address the underlying issues. Right. Drive addiction. Amen. Yeah. yeah. So. I, I don't know. Like, hopefully, yeah, we got to we got to fix this shit. Yeah, no, yeah. we've got a long road ahead of yeah. us. And uh, yeah. God knows what will happen in November with this election. Yeah. Vote this early. Is... And I don't I don't want to say vote often because that would be illegal. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah vote. vote. I recommend you vote twice. No, I yeah. don't actually. Don't yeah. do that. And, and if there's no if hey, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm saying this for everybody listening. If there's if you don't like who's running, run yourself and message me. I will donate to your campaign, man. <laughs> You know, like if, you know, if you're just like, oh, well, I would run for office, but I don't, I don't, you know, I don't have anybody who would donate money to commit. I'll pledge. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, but uh, I want to be the mayor of a small town. 
be the mayor of Olympia, bro. You already book shows around I already here do, years. yes. <laughs> you can do it, man. Like, you know. I'm just I don't know. I've been kind of dreaming about the small town life ever since COVID, you know. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, it'd be, as, it'd be just simpler, you know, to go to a place like, a, I don't know, Oysterville or Long Beach, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Then you get to those places and realize it's all the same shit there, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fix the problems, man. Amen. You got to fix the problems. You can't always just run from them man so you know you gotta oh man you got a valid point all right i'm just saying we got i'll tell you hey i'll tell you what man you run for mayor of olympia andy let me know i got you dude all right sounds good yes (laughs) i've got i've got the campaign ready let's do this (laughs) dude sounds good man let's uh let's uh go ahead and end it on that note but man andy great great doing this with you dude thank Likewise, you Nate. thank you yeah rock mm-hmm. on this is andy remix moreno of the cap city presents podcast be sure to follow us on twitter facebook and instagram at cap city presents i'm nate lewis this has been a joint presentation from cap city presents and raised on rhythm thanks everybody for listening be good to each other and we'll talk more in the future take care all right have a good night y'all